Oh my god. Do you remember that? Do you remember those guys on Sesame Street? Yeah, I do. I love those guys. I did too. They're my favorites. What were they called? The Martians. I had to look it up. The Martians. The Martians. The Martians are sometimes called the the yippers. Yippers. Something like that. That sounds like a small dog. That's why I would call them yip, 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 yip. Bone. Oh. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> Only Gen Xers don't know this. This is what LSD gets you. It's like you know when the when the uh when the creators of the Muppets and Sesame Street and all that, when they, when they made up this shit, they were high as fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. This is this is definitely LSD. <laughs> oh, now they found the EDM. This is value for value music here. Radio. 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 Take it easy there, buddy. Happy, 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 happy. And that's the why. That's the reason why we are the way that we are. How's it going, Johnny? Good. That was nonsense. Right off the bat, nonsense. I'm glad. I'm glad those little bit of brain cells are still holding on to that that memory. I love Sesame Street growing up. I did too. It was good for sure. It was so ridiculous. A little. I mean, scary that they were all monsters, but yeah. yeah. One of my favorite books as a kid was there. There's a monster under the bed. Oh yeah, have is that the one that? with? The, yeah. is that the one with the? Oh no, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's the one with Grover. Yeah, and he's like, "Don't look under the bed. There's a monster under the bed." It turns out it's him. <laughs> a mirror <laughs> underneath the bed. Yeah, <laughs> it's just him. He looks under the bed, and he's under the bed. He's the monster under the bed. Did you ever see uh, Dave Chappelle's? Um, skit on oscar the grouch or his his no i don't think his so bit oh it's great you should uh look it up sometime and, and look at it it's pretty funny what's the oh i will i think it was on I his think i, I think it was on the dave it chappelle sounds, show or something like that it sounds familiar yeah yep so how you been dave, dave chappelle. uh not so bad i'm back in the new englanding area New England. Uh, yeah, today was my first day back in the office. Yeah, how was that? Uh, we moved spaces again, which is weird. Keep moving all over the place. It's nuts. But we're right next to an exterior window now, which is really nice. A lot of sunshine. So I actually felt pretty good. It's a little more open. And, uh, and all it took was stuffy. more layoffs. And you guys got the more window. More layoffs. <laughs> yeah, but, but some, some other poor saps got stuffed inside. But they, I think they put the tech guys closer to the middle because they don't like the sunlight anyway. <laughs> So I <laughs> Natural light, I don't know get it off me. I don't know if that's true or not, but it, I don't know. I'm not there anymore, and I'm happy to not be there anymore. But it was fun to go into the office and see everybody. That is um, super funny. Here you go. Good kids. Ah, natural light, get it off me. Get it off me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Too good. Too good. Yeah. But yeah, Thank all you. in all, good. Thank you guys. Had, good. A, had a good flight home. This is. Uh, It'll be a little little humble brag, but uh, I got upgraded to first class on my flight home. Ooh. Actually, my flight to Seattle and my flight from Seattle to Boston. Nice. Which, which is pretty nice. Yeah, like for a four-hour flight, that's 
That's it's sweet. longer. It's over. It's over five. It's actually listed as over six. Oh, we really? Get in early, but it's usually around five, five and a half hours. Yeah, I wouldn't mind sitting in first class on a five-hour flight. That's for yeah. sure. You can just sleep. Got a mushroom and spinach quiche for breakfast <laughs> on my way over because I took a morning flight. That's so fancy. And some sort of weird sticky muffin. They put this like weird, <laughs> I don't even know what they are. They're like little orange. They look a little, like little orange cherry tomatoes, but they're, they're tart. Yeah. I don't know. That and they were like in some like pasty gravy stuff. I, it, it, that part was strange. The quiche was good. And there's like some potatoes with it. But like yeah. there's always weird shit on those trays to try to make them fancy. It's like, just give me a breakfast sandwich. Who do you fly like, with when you do those flights? Uh, mostly Delta. Delta. Yep. Yeah, they're the ones I have status on, and so I try to find cheap flights on them whenever I can. Nice. Yeah, we usually fly Alaska, but I think we're going to ditch yeah. them. If if I I would Doors fly, I used to fly. <laughs> they don't open. They fall off. Oh, yeah, they blow out. <laughs> it's not like they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> we have to take our um, stock. <laughs> But I like Delta. It's like the amount of travel I do, and like they're they're pretty big, so they go all over the place. So I can usually find good flights good. almost anywhere. And then we have the the Delta MX, so we can use the Sky Lounge, oh, yeah. which is nice when you want to get Sky drunk Lounge. before a flight without paying airport prices. Yeah, before a plane, before a flight, before a plane. I don't know if I said that right. Nope. I'm not drunk before yet, but speaking of, we should probably drink. Yeah. Okay. Let's before do a it. plane. Let's before do it. Oh, and my plane. my week was great. So oh yeah. How was your <laughs> sorry? How was your week? What? <laughs> Uh, Sorry. That was good. You know, we'll uh, this is the second time we tried. Camera stuff, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> nerdy tech stuff, blah, blah, blah. A camera yeah, that I've gotta... always wanted since I started street photography. The newest version came out on pre-order. And like a nerd, I stayed up and late and pre-ordered it when they announced what, it. What time were you able to actually press the pre-order button? Uh, Like 10, 15. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's kind of late for me, though. But yeah, 10, 15. And yeah, I mean, it's late for me too, but that's not, I thought I was thinking like 3 a.m. No, I mean, I would have, I actually would have like set my alarm to get up like at two just to make sure I got it. But, uh, yeah, so I got it pre-ordered and it ships on the 28th. Maybe unless every, unless a thousand people got ahead of me in that 10 seconds that it took me to hit add to cart and, <laughs> and to move on. But yeah, well, I mean, last time, the last version of this camera that came out, uh, they made, didn't make enough quantities for the demand and lots of people who ended up wanting it had it on back order forever and never got it. And then some people who bought a lot of them, which that happens sometimes that they don't put a limit, sold them on eBay for like three times as much. So that's how it goes. So hopefully I get it this time. Hot garbage. When people do that, I don't like when people do that. I mean, I get it. Like they're allowed, they don't do anything illegal, but it just sucks for people. I mean, it's the camera that I've always, I think I've always wanted, but I might get it and be like, why? And then I'll go sell it for three times as much on eBay. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's small. It's called the X106. It's from Fuji. It's a small camera and built-in ND filter, 40 megapixel sensor, um, all the things that I want on a small camera for stream mm-hmm. photography. So I'm excited. Love it. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see some pictures to take with it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Quite, they got quite the talented photographers thanks so. wes olson photography on instagram what's olson photography <laughs> and if you he subscribe to our newsletter i don't do i don't do those i just do brisks um He's, if you <laughs> <laughs> a big fan of birthing yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> penis cutting uh if you uh if you're on instagram you can go to wes olson photography and you can see some of my stuff you can also subscribe to our newsletter at beer bourbon balderdash dot subsec dot com 
I always put my street photography and some other photos that I take in there as part of our weekly newsletter. What are we drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, uh, I picked us up a couple of beers from Notch Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an American session beer called Dog and Pony Show. Lunch beer. So, let's see. Four and a half percent, so it's a little lighter. It's a New England style pale ale. Oh, Other so than that, I don't should know be, much. Should be, be citrusy lighter. and lighter, Easy. right? Yeah. Uh, this says... Blah, 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 blah. The biotransformation also creates a stable haze that is neither yeast or protein. Their website's a little bit wordy, but it's like good information if you want to nerd out. Um, But I don't actually care when it was released in 16-ounce cans. Okay. Not not a big interest of interest to me, but maybe people like that. I don't know. not, Not everything's for me. One thing is, this is another said this before about breweries i wish places would put more information about their brewery like their story or in this case their about page is their you're gonna love this it's their code of conduct which is i'm not it's long it's wordy um some would call this virtue signaling ah um but it it says not just committed to fostering cultivating and preserving a culture of diversity equity inclusion and anti-racism yeah and then there's like a whole banks got a long like, like I appreciate that they do it. it as long as they're like living it, and you know, it's like, you know, they they do care. Like, I think those words often get a bad reputation, but really, it's like loving and accepting people is what they're committed to, uh, no matter who you are. Which I appreciate. Do you, I, I'm do you okay remember? Do you remember when people didn't have to tell you you all about that they actually accept people and they just did? Yeah, you didn't have to hear about it. To, <laughs> because we used to ignore racism and treating people shitty. We just used to ignore it. Or it was just common. That's just how it was. Some or they just were weren't racist and they didn't have to say they, they weren't racist. They weren't racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, they could just not be racist and then they don't have to go around saying, we're not racist. Well, it would be it would, it would be a wonderful world if people were just not racist. Yeah. I, the virtue signaling stuff drives me crazy. Saying that, I know, all, saying all these that, things here just is unnecessary for me. Is that any different than the car, the uh, car dealership that says we're closed on Sunday for family day? No, it's, 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 it's it's the exact same same thing. thing. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. (laughs) It doesn't make me want your product any more or any less. All right. Well then you're not their target audience. I am not, I am not most people's target audience. That's, that's probably a fair (laughs) statement right there. Unless you're Smith and Wesson. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I don't have purple hair, so that's probably the difference. That's okay. I don't think these people have purple <laughs> hair either. No, there's a there's a purple, purple haired hair. lady in here. I saw oh. it. <laughs> what are you, are you looking at the store with the t shirts, merchant gift cards? No, I was just popping around the whole thing here. Uh, let's see. Well, there's a pink haired lady. Oh, that might have been it. There's a guy with a well trimmed mustache. Yeah. Yes, he's fancy. He will. Uh, he makes his own bitters. He probably does. <laughs> I wonder if this is the same pink-haired lady in all. I think it is. No, one has like curly pink uh, hair. I, think, I don't know. I just think it's all propaganda when they do this stuff. Just make your beer. Yeah, well, they're just. I mean, if they're doing something and they believe in it and it helps them sell more beer, why not? That's capitalism. Yep. 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 That's true. So, so let's crack anyway, it open. Let's do this. Ah. Oh. Right. Are you going? Are you going straight out of the can? Oh my god! It's foamy. No, I actually brought a little glass down. 
one of Dana's little glasses that she likes. Mm, why oh. don't you have bigger glasses? Because <laughs> she took them all away for some reason. <laughs> Sorry, Dana. <laughs> it is very frothy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, look, look at this. It's like uh, half an inch of beer and it's all foam. <laughs> Mine's not quite that bad, but it's like half, half foam. <laughs> I don't know if that's, I might not have gotten a cold enough to, that's probably my fault. Yeah. It's me. I don't know. It's, me. it's not you. Well, this, you. I just grabbed the beers from here in the basement because it's not, it's not warm down here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The nice it's thing about doing it that way, either, though, but the nice thing about doing it that way is you taste more. With so the like, frothiness? Are, when it's, when it's warmer. Hmm. Like there's a reason that you only drink Coors Light when the mountains are blue. That's when it's super ass cold, so you can't taste how gross it is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, if I'm being fair, I think Quartz Light has a place, and I do drink it on occasion. Yep. But yep. anyway, yeah, this is very foamy. Look at that head. Mm-hmm. It's like an ice cream cone. I know, and it's staying. It's almost like if you, uh, it's like meringue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like meringue, like you whipped it up. Mm-hmm. All right, so it smells impressive. like grapefruit. Smells a little like peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very tropical. Yeah, which is why I like Ooh. New England style pale ales. It smells a little bit like that, uh, like the strawberry, banana, passion fruit. Oh, yeah. Constant juice concentrate. Yeah. Mix that you get, you know, then the can, mix it with a couple of cans of water. Yep. It has that sort of like tang to it. Anyway, it smells good. Yeah. I like it. All hazy, right. too. It's nice and hazy. Bottoms up. Cheers. Mm. Oh, that's geez. pretty good. There's like no bitterness at all. Hardly yeah. any. It's light. Mm-hmm. It's very well, light. It has like Why a, did I pour it like an st- asshole again? Oh my God, Wes. <laughs> two hands, Wes. Two hands. Just drink it out of a can, you retard. All right. <laughs> um, It almost has a farmhouse ale yeah. flavor to it. Like very subtle, which I love. I think it's good. I liked it. Well done. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> poured a little more. I know. <laughs> I, I did too. Just... Mm-hmm. It looks like meringue. Mm-hmm. So like, wh- yeah, yeah, like you said, did you say whipped egg whites? I said meringue. Yeah. Oh, I you actually said used the word meringue. How did I miss that? I was too focused on myself. <laughs> <laughs> do you Each have a beer a, show? Do you have a beer trivia for us tonight? Uh, I do. Let's do it. It's time once again, folks, for Johnny New Pants Beer Trio. Oh, my God. I should just record that. <laughs> and that's our like jingle. That. I like it. All right. Uh, where do we want to go? Beer 101, buzzwords, pub mm. crawl, mm. Beer, beerology, mm. or, yeah. Pub crawl. Let's crawl that pub. Yeah, it's a pub crawl. It's green. I could just give you colors. (coughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's see. Wow, this one's hard to read. I have to move my my light fixture. There we go. Old eyes. Question. Question. Kingfisher, the best-selling beer from India, gets its name from a what? Fish. A bird. A cow, a fish, or a monkey? Fish. No. A Pokemon. A bird. 
It is? I thought it was a fish. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm retarded. Uh, Indian beer's brand name was inspired by the beautiful, brightly colored kingfisher bird. More than 70 different varieties of kingfisher can be found in India, more than in any other country in the world. Kingfisher beer is now available in over 55 countries. It was first imported to the U.S. in 1983 and quickly became popular in the growing Indian restaurant market. Man. There you go. Hmm. We have to try that. I think that'd be fun. Indian beer. Yeah. Yeah. We got to find it first. It's in the U.S. So just got to go to an Indian restaurant, have some curry, drink a kingfisher. It'd be great. I love Indian food. I do too. Curry. Well, that's great, man. Yep. 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 Food. So that's Give me fun. another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. <clears throat> another pub crawl or do you want to do it? A- yeah, let's do another pub crawl. I want another pub crawl. We're going to do it till I get one right. All right. True, well, this is just true or false, so we'll see. 50-50. Stella, Stella, Stella Artois was Artois. originally brewed as a limited-release Christmas beer. Mm. True or false? Uh, True. That is true. Hey! Nicely done. Ding, 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 ding. That was a good guess. 1926, the Artois Brewery, Artois. brewery in Belgium created a traditional holiday beer to celebrate Christmas. The brew came out especially sparkly, so they decided to call it Stella, which is Latin for star. Needless to say, Stella was a huge hit, and it is now served 365 days a year in more than 80 countries. Nice. Go, Stella. I did it. Go, Wes. I did did it. it. I did it. I believe in you. Thanks. Thanks, pal. You're the best. I'm virtue, I'm virtue signaling that I believe in you. That's great. That's good. Buy my stuff. Yep. That everybody, you can now donate to us because we virtue signaled, <laughs> and you can now tell us how awesome we are because yeah. we're just we're just good people now. Maybe we just need T-shirts, and that'll get people going. Uh, beer cozies. You want to get on the beer cozy wagon? Yeah, sure. Okay. If uh, people donate, what a um, hundred thousand satoshis. We'll send them a beer cozy. How much does it cost to make a cozy? Cozy. Does anybody have cozy making equipment? Yeah, cozy making equipment. If we buy the blanks, we maybe can have Scott do something with them if he has something. Well, I am shooting blanks these days. No, not that. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. Do you think does he have a uh, a screen printer? He could do custom cozies. Uh, no, he doesn't have a screen printer. Never mind. He has a- doesn't he have a Glowforge? He has a Glowforge. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's do the bourbon and then the balderdash word. What do you say? Oh, I like that. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, tonight for our bourbon, uh, this was a Christmas bottle from Johnny. Uh, this is Through the Woods from Black Rock Spirits in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is uh, made in Idaho or bottled in Idaho. Uh, or made in Idaho? How do they put it? They have it. I had it in a different on a different website. That doesn't matter. So outdoor, this is outdoor whiskey. <laughs> it's straight bourbon, aged two years in New York, New Oak, New Oak City. Get a rope. New York. New uh, the mash bill is seventy five percent corn, twenty one percent rye, and four percent malted barley. Love that sound. Uh, it's finished though. And this is what makes it unique, besides the bottle, which is very pretty. And I love the uh, outdoor painting on it. It's finished in charred pear and peach wood. 86 proof. Ooh. Did you pour yourself some? 
It did. It's right here. Let's give it a little sniffer. Mm. It's got wonderful. Doesn't doesn't smell like Grandma's closet, so that's already mm. doing better than last week. Yeah, that was weird. I think I, we. You know what? We'll have to do. I'll keep one of the bottles. I really want to throw these out because they're just taking up space, and I'm not going to drink them. But. What I should do is just get another Heaven's Door because I think they now make it themselves and this was some other stuff that they were doing before just to get the name out. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should try their newer straight bourbon whiskey and we should do a side-by-side thing and see if Mm -hmm. it... What if we turned them into cocktails? I mean, maybe. We can call them uh, mothballs. One of them can be mothballs. (laughs) Mothball and Coke. Yeah. Grandma's sweater. Grandma's Coke. Grandma's coat closet. Yeah. Baked ham. <laughs> I like that. Baked ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Biscuits. Man. All right. I don't really get any fruitiness on the nose necessarily, but I do yeah, definitely just get like a straight bourbon. So mm-hmm. cheers. Cheers. I, oh, I didn't have a. Wah, wah, wah. That was bad. I need two of these. Still, let me, let me try. <laughs> Not working. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> let me try this one. I Almost just want to drink, dude. Oh my god! Don't break your glass. I'd like to propose. I'd like to propose a toast to my buddy Wes. Did you hear that? That was it good. Did. That was good. That was good. All right. Skull. Skull. Hmm. Fruity taste. Uh, tastes like a straight bourbon with a little fruitiness in it. Yeah, it's, it's got that little sweet, mm-hmm. the typical sweetness that bourbon has. Yep. Ooh, and bourbon uh, <clears throat> at the end. Yeah, it's a little hot, uh, but it's uh, light. It doesn't taste heavy in the mouth. It's very light mm-hmm. as far as the mouthfeel. If last week was two, I think I rated it two, um, I would give this. Uh, Is that a five? Uh, yeah, I was thinking five. I mean, it's 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 exactly what you'd want out of a straight bourbon whiskey. It's interesting with the finished in pear and peach wood. I don't think it adds much. Um, I don't yeah. know what it's supposed to add. Like, what am I supposed to get out of it? I don't know because I, I don't. It does have a. I don't usually work with fruit woods at all, so I don't know what no. they smell like when I cut into them or sand them. And that's usually what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking like, am I going to get that same kind of taste? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's got a interesting viscosity to it. It's like a little bit slippery. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's light or tastes light at least in that. So this says, uh, woods is rooted in the great outdoors, trees stretching from dirt to sky, sun glittering. Oh my God. Across green leaves, the smell of Mm -hmm. pine on a crisp breeze. Sorry. Anyways, we age a straight bourbon for two years in new American oak. John is dying. Then we char branches of pear and peach wood from the orchids, orchids, orchards, orchids <laughs> of the Treasure Valley, Idaho, and use them in a unique finishing process. Together, these trees give our whiskey its sweetness and complexity. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's not like the charred pear or peach wood are staves. It's just branches <laughs> that they put in the barrel that are charred. <laughs> Is that what you hear too? 
They call it uh, the profile of it sweet and solid. I can't imagine putting just like raw branches in it. But, but like, that's I can what see it sounds like to strips. me. But they could be. I don't know. I don't know. Then we char branches of pear and peach wood from the orchards of the Treasure Valley, Idaho, and use oh, them in so. the unique finishing process. They char them and they just stick them in the barrel. Yeah. I should email them and ask them oh. exactly how this process works and we'll get back to you. Yeah. It'd be uh, really interesting because <clears throat> like, that sounds like a unique process and like, it would be interesting to try one of these without that done to see what it actually does. So you like you yeah. age it the normal way and don't shove branches in its bunghole. <laughs> bunghole's a real that's, thing in the whiskey talk actually. So I know that's, 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 that's a, it works. Technical. I love it. <laughs> I know. I did it on purpose. <clears throat> You know a thing three about a thing. So this is produced under the authority, it says, of Black Rock Spirits LLC in Seattle, but bottled by Black Rock Spirits in Caldwell, Idaho. Mm. Go Out, Caldwell. Outdoorwhiskey.com. So that is delicious. Uh, I don't mind mm-hmm. that at all. I would drink lots no, of that. It's good. Yeah. Uh, next time I go into the woods, I will bring a flask and I will taste it amongst warm pine trees. Maybe you should go wander a peach orchard and drink it. Yeah. So I'm drinking yours, fellow All right, branch. So Wes, if we're going to do this koozie thing, <clears throat> yes. Sh- should it, do we want just like the flat squishy ones or like a stainless steel can koozie? No, dude. Once you figure out the prices and how many you want in bulk, um, no. like a neo, just- neoprene is probably what we, we're going for here. If we order a thousand stainless steel <laughs> Koozies, they're only $4.50 each. How many are a thousand neoprene? Uh, That's $4,000, by the way. <laughs> just just so you know. Just, you're overthinking it, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you buy a thousand neoprene ones, uh, let's see, with a with a logo, mm-hmm. it's $1.07 each. Oh, okay. But if but, you buy twenty five, they're five dollars each. But they'd have to put our logo on it. Yeah. Okay. They will. Uh, yeah. Then it's one that says "Cool Drinkers." That's not the one we're going to get. Away. <laughs> Actually, we should "Cool Drinkers." In, I'd like a thousand Infinity stainless steel mugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're showing on the stainless steel one. Is Infinity uh, cars? How much is it for a hundred? Of uh, the stainless steel ones? No. They're six. I, no, they're I don't six want bucks a piece. Ones. What they're are they cool. for the neoprene ones? I don't know. I'm off that page. I moved on to other bigger and better things. A dollar sixty-seven. Okay, so yeah, it's that, like one hundred sixty bucks. Yeah, let's do that. That's not bad. I can send you the 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 the, the logo. I can send you the logo. Um, there's also one with an angry-looking cowgirl on it. <laughs> she hot? Looks all right to me. I don't know. She's got pigtails. <laughs> hot. Pigtails are I mean, hot. It's no, in a cowboy hat. It's, it's I, I love like pigtails. Bunny. I love pigtails. Yeah, I do too. They're pretty nice. Dana's uh, Dana found one of her dad's old hat. It's like this leather flat hat, um, like a cab driver type hat, but it's all brown mm-hmm. leather. And the other day she was uh, cleaning it, and then she's putting it on with her with her pigtails. And I was like, oh, my God, you're the cutest thing in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. That's too funny. She looks really good with it. Um, I believe it. Uh, this one, there's a version, Cantastic Can Coolers, comes with a bottle opener. Oh, bottle openers. Yeah, $1.91 per each. Mm. Only like 30 bucks more for for a little bottle opener one. Okay. Fits bottles. 
It's very exciting. Well, we should do that. And and then we should, if you donate, we'll send them out to you. Uh, people yeah. who've been on the podcast before, I've sent out hats. Sorry, Craig. I don't have any more. Um, and uh, actually, I think I have one more red hat I can send to Craig. I like these ones. I'll have to what, find out. There's, there's this one on here that's got the little carabiner hanging off the side. I kind of like those. They're a little more classy than just a regular koozie. But they're like four bucks a piece. All right. Minimum well, 150. But, but they're cool. We'll talk about this offline. No, this is exciting. This is very exciting. You know what time it is. Here we come. Oh, there it is. Can't do it. Can you do screamo? No, especially not right now. I have a little bit of a tickle, <laughs> and it'll. I'll just start hacking. A little tickle for your pickle. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Uh, Balderdash word for the night is drunk ship. Drunk, drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk. What's a drunk? Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Mm. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Drunk ship. Is is that what you call like when you're like you know, like you introduce yourself and you say your highness, you know, you're you're referring to like a king. That's uh-huh. like the same thing, but when you're referring to the head brewer. <laughs> you're, Hello, you're drunk ship. You're drunk ship. I like that. It should drunk be. Ship. Well, stay tuned to the end of the episode, and you'll find out if John's right. He's not, yeah, but you'll find out. Not. <laughs> last last time, last week was the closest I've ever come. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the the picket, no, the wicker, the uh, uh, I, I have it wink, here. Winkle picker, <laughs> winkle, winkle, winkle picker. picker. Yeah, the winkle picker. <laughs> That's a good word. Yo, I had, winkle a, picker, I had the benefit you. of knowing what a winkle is. Yeah, you did. You were very, very close. You were very close. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no, like close, but like I didn't guess it was a shoe. Yeah, that's true. That's so. true. When you uh, when you had Tate, when he was when you were raising Tate, did you guys watch Sesame Street? I keep thinking back to that Martian. Mm-hmm. He never really liked Sesame Street. Oh. He liked some of the Muppet things, but he watched other shows like Blue's Clues and yeah, The Wiggles. Ugh. Wiggles were the worst. Did he ever get Fruit into tele- Teletubbies? No, he never liked the Teletubbies. Yeah, so it's good. My kids didn't either. Thank um, goodness. And then as he got a little older, he just wanted to watch videos of people playing soccer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop. Or people playing soccer video games, which was the worst. When yeah. he hit that phase, ugh. Why do you want to watch some idiot yell and scream about playing video games? Yep. You don't get it. Yep. That's a, that's a very generational thing right there. Mm-hmm. I would have never sat down and watched an hour of someone playing tanks on the atari 2600 yeah, right? <laughs> paper boy yeah paper Ooh. boy et <laughs> that that one's the worst the et one's the worst if you got a copy of that et game I it's do. worth a lot now. i have it you know they buried it's worth millions a, of them yeah because yeah, they wouldn't buy them and yeah, now no, there's not that many so you know it was also it was such a, a terrible game you know it was also a terrible atari game ghostbusters was the worst atari uh, game i think that's i think i played that like once oh <clears throat> We never had an Atari, but my uncle did, and we would go there, and we'd usually play, uh, I think it was called Mountain King. No. Or Pickaxe Pick Pete. I don't know. Maybe that was it. I, I don't know. Sound. I liked, you like run around as a miner, collecting gold and murdering things. Yep. I think my favorite was, there's like a, a Dragon Dungeon one, uh, and there was one that was, I think it was Dragon Quest or something like that, and then there was Hero, which was a really cool one. Pitfall. Was classic, but that oh, got yeah, monotonous. 
Remember that every time you went over a, mm-hmm. a moat with alligators? Yep. Uh, and then there was, um, what was the other one that I really, Qbert. I loved Qbert. Oh, we used to play Qbert a lot. Yeah. Those were fun. Um, and then Nintendo came a, and ruined everything. Yeah. We never had a, had a video console, but we did have a Commodore 64 and then a Commodore oh, 128. Yeah. Yeah. And the Commodore 64, the keyboard had a slot in the back for video games oh. or cartridges. You yeah. could put a cartridge in the back. So we had a handful of those, but then that's like, it was also DOS based. And so I learned how to like run DOS programs. You know, it's like when you're like load, run, yeah, you have to do the yeah. process. Yeah. The little prompt, the little prompt shows and, up. Yeah. The C prompt. And so like, yeah, I learned all about all that kind of stuff really early on. Cause you kind of had to, if you wanted to play your game. Yeah. So we used to play a game called Jumpman, which was like, like a single screen game, kind of like Pac-Man, but like with, with gravity, so you had like jump and climb and collect the dots and avoid different things. Um, that game was really fun, and we had faster and faster the better you got. That was a fun game. I always loved playing that game, but I was little, so I was simple brained. Did you ever get anything else like a um, uh, Nintendo or any of those things? Nope. Never had a console. No, is this what it sounded like? Yeah, that's that's right. Yep. I love I love eight bit sounds on these games. Yep. And like in this game, like random bullets would shoot from across the screen. Yeah, or down. Yeah, like or down, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It's really hard. You know what's funny is that I always thought the artwork on the boxes were so deceiving because they looked cool, the mm-hmm. artwork, if they didn't show the gameplay. And then you get into the game, you're like, this doesn't look anything like that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, like jump. Do you you looked up Jumpman and you're looking at that art and it's yeah. like, it's like a guy jumping with magic shoes. Yeah, exactly. And you look at the game and the guy is like a little white, sort of resembling a character of a man. Yeah, yeah with a giant nose, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you allow Tate to play a lot of video games growing up? Yeah, we let him play some video games. Um, I think where we struggled is having having kids kind of young, like. <laughs> I wish I knew now what I knew then, you know, and like my ability to minimize screen time and, yeah. and uh, not use it as a uh, babysitting device at times. Yeah. I wasn't the best dad. Uh, I wasn't the worst either. I yeah. made a lot of mistakes. I think it did a lot right too. And yeah. This is one where I probably didn't do the best, but we let him play some video games. We, we did limit it. It was a reward, not a, a right. Yeah. And that caused a lot of strife in our house because he believed it was a right. You don't have a right to do anything. I think it's interesting because I think you and I would, I think we share the same philosophies, but they come from different places, which I always thought was interesting because. Oh, yeah. How so? Well, because our kids, I mean, our kids were, when did they meet up? Seven, eight, playing yeah. soccer together? About, about that, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I remember you and I talking about was how thankful we were that there was other parents that went through the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that the kids were going through. <laughs> like, oh. Thank God my kid's not the only one that throws a tantrum for yeah, no reason. And we handled it similarly. Remember, I remember us talking like, oh, yeah, I do that too. Like, you know, yeah, you don't, it's not, none of these things are rights. They're all privileges. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a right to these things. And and fighting with them on, on that because they think just because someone else has it, they should have it. And therefore, you know, they feel like, well, it must be my right since they get it and I don't get it. Um, I think we, I think we both agreed that punishments had to fit crimes, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't do anything excessive as far as your 
punishment, whatever that might be, if they do something that they're not supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think we I think we shared a lot of those those similarities in our uh, in our parental raising. Yeah, and one of the things that I always like, <clears throat> I was told Tate, uh, like I'm more concerned with him being honest and having integrity than most anything else. Me like, too. If you fuck if you fuck up, just admit to it. Yeah. Like, and then we'll fix it. Like. For the most part, if you admit that you screwed up, you're not going to be in trouble. Like, there might be consequences. That doesn't necessarily mean you're in trouble. Consequences aren't always bad. Sometimes they're good. But, like, just be honest about it and tell me the truth, and then let's let's sort it out. Yeah. Because I want you to... I'm more concerned that you are being honest with me and then solving the problem than that I'm right and I get to control you and tell you that you are punished now. Like, I don't think you learn a lot from being punished. I know as a kid, I didn't learn a lot from being punished that was valuable. I learned that my dad could be vindictive sometimes. Yeah. And I that's that's I what did. you try to stay away from. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, I was like, I'll, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, I, I know there was a couple of times that I got in trouble that it just <clears throat> felt like I was being punished because they felt like they had to punish me, but it didn't learn anything. It just made me annoyed and sometimes yeah. bored sitting in my room, but it wasn't like <laughs> driving the point home. Yeah. Yeah. When I was growing up, the, so I, I tried to do things different than my parents. Like my mom, you know, she, my dad worked a lot because he owned his own business. So he was always gone um, or at the shop, basically. And then my mom, she worked too. And so by the time she got home after a, a long day and she still had to take us to baseball and she still had to do all these things, if my brother and I got at each other, man, she would lose it quick. And a lot mm-hmm. of it was wait till your dad gets home. And when my dad got home, he was so tired, he would just come up to the side of the bed where, because I had to go to my room, mm-hmm. which really wasn't much of a punishment because I had things I liked in my room. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would just sit down on the bed and say, stop giving your mom such a hard time. I hate getting calls in the middle of the afternoon <laughs> that you guys aren't getting along. Can you just get along for me? Can you just get along? I mean, he was like basically trying to negotiate with me about getting along with mm-hmm. my brother. And I was just, you know, 10-year-old butthole. So I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then I'd go and do it again. So it wasn't effective. Um, no, none of their stuff was effective. I was rebellious regardless. It didn't matter. None of it ever clicked mm-hmm. in my head. It was like, oh, maybe I should be a nice kid. Mm-hmm. That wasn't anything that came to my mind. So, you know, what I wanted to do with the kids is that I, th- and I always felt like the same way you did as well, which was, I didn't feel like, I felt like things were, you know, I didn't understand why I was getting punished all the time or how this punishment even makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I, Dana and I, what we agreed to do is that we would let the kids know, like, there's going to be consequences. So if they did something wrong, I'd say, Hey, I don't want you to do that anymore. And if you do it next time, this is what the consequence is going to be. And I'd say, do you understand? And they go, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever attitude they'd give us. But at least I told them what was, what was coming. Mm-hmm. And so that way I didn't ever have to get mad, you know, so I, I could keep my anger at a very low level for them not doing something that I asked them to do or not do. And I just say, hey, you did it again. And they go, I'm sorry. I said, I, I said, I forgive you. But I told you what was going to happen if you did it again. What's going to happen? And they would have to repeat back to me what was going to happen. I said, okay, go take care of it then. And they would go up to their room or whatever. And and then I didn't make them stay up there all night long. I don't make them stay at the table if they don't eat their food. I just say, all right, well, that's it for the night. And if you want it, it's in the fridge. You can eat it. You know, simple things like that so that they knew that there was consequences to their actions. But they weren't over the top. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I barely, you know, hit my kids. I think I only hit my kids 
uh, twice maybe where I actually spanked them, spanked their yeah, bottoms. That's, that was a pretty rare thing, but I certainly wanted to throw that little fucker out the window a lot of times. Oh, Nathan, for sure. Sophia would get attitude and ooh boy. Like, like there was a moment early on when Tate was pretty small and he was just being a real shit bag. And, and there was, there was like this moment where I was like, oh, I like, I don't condone it, but I understand why parents murder their children. They like shake the shit out of them because I want to. Why animals eat their young. It's like, this is the difference though. It's like, I know, I understand that feeling of like being so frustrated where you just want to like shake sense into them. I I understand it. Well, there's no Um, reasoning. The difference is like, yeah, you just like, I just don't like, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying it's okay, but I understand how people get to that point. Yeah. And this is one of those things that like, I think the skills like we we, we regulate and govern everything, but we don't help people be better parents. And that's like arguably more important than like almost anything else we do. Like we we're like hands off, you get to parent however you want, but we're going to tell you what to do in every other aspect of your life. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying we need to tell people what to do, but like giving people the resources to be better parents would serve our country and our world a lot more than a lot of the other nonsense that we try to dig our heels in on. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think I should tell parents what to do mm-hmm. um, by any stretch but of the providing imagination. providing them with, with options and resources, like we're very hands off and like, well, they're the parent, they get to do whatever they want, which is fine. But that doesn't mean you can't like, provide resources for people, especially young parents Yeah, where it's like, here's what you're going to expect. And here's some strategies for dealing with challenging children or tough moments <clears throat> to like prevent child abuse or like inadvertent child abuse where you're just so frustrated where you want to spank the shit out of your kid. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you avoid that? How do you teach people? And I think part of the, I don't know if this is true. I'm not an expert in parenting. My kid barely made it to 19. Um, He's got a, he signed a lease on an apartment, by the way. It's good, oh, good timing. Found good. out today. Yeah. He just signed a lease on an apartment. He's becoming more and more independent. So maybe there's hope. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of things <laughs> that I wish I knew ahead of time. You know, yeah. like I wish I knew to expect that these moments are going to happen where <laughs> you do want to disown your child and move on. <laughs> They're fleeting, but like I didn't expect that. I thought everything was going to be great and I knew it was going to be challenging, but I thought it was going to be good all the time. And I'm going to be a wonderful father. I'm not going to make any of the mistakes that my parents did. Um, but there's nobody really there to to help me along. Yeah. And I don't know if that's my family's failure or my failure for not asking for help. I don't know. I mean, I don't don't know. I don't know if there should be blame. I, I mean, the thing is, is that there's no one way to raise your kids because, Mm -hmm. Your every every kid is different. Every they're individuals themselves. So, you know, I had I watched a lot of parents because I was a teacher for eight years. I watched a lot of parents w- interact with their children in ways where I'm just like, how do they do it? How do they get their kids? Their kids are so sweet. The kids are awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm like, how do they do it? Because my kids are demons right now. I can't get through to them if i ask them a question it's all this eye rolling you know i'm trying to be very intentional with them very loving with them very um you know i'm I'm trying to do all these things that i kind of wish i got uh Mm -hmm. and 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 then as they got older and stuff i just started realizing all you can do and, and this actually i think just throughout life 
in general, not just raising kids, but all the stages of your life. All you can do is your best at that moment with the understanding mm-hmm. you have and the tools that you have. Mm-hmm. Everything else is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. You know, so the game I I try not to play with myself is regret. Like I don't regret yeah, for sure. anything in my past. I don't. Because it's all led me to a place where right now and and mistakes just help you learn. So um, you know, I, I think it's good to be educated and, and to want to be better. And I read lots of parenting books and how to, you know, some of them were psychological <laughs> tricks and some of them I thought were way too easy. And some of them I thought were way too hard on the kids mm-hmm. as far as parenting There's one book in particular, you know, have a new kid by Friday. <clears throat> and actually I thought that one was probably the wisest book because it was just treating your kids as uh, their individual selves, but. Again, laying out your expectations so that there's no hidden things because the worst thing is for a kid is to get in trouble and not know why mm-hmm. or not realize that that was your expectation. That's a trick. That's a trick couples playing on each other, to be quite honest, where – and I yeah. don't think they do it intentionally, but they do that trick sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I thought you knew. Well, how would I know if you didn't communicate that with me? Mm-hmm. So how would I expect my kids to know what I want from them if I've never communicated it with them? Yeah, which is a terrible thing. And when you're on the other side of that – it's pretty. It's pretty awful. Yeah. To like, it's like it's, it's on the edge of gaslighting where, you, like, you're you're placing blame for your failure. Yeah. On someone else. Yeah. You know, and that's how a kid feels. Like, I don't, I like, I don't know that I did anything wrong. I might have done something wrong, but I'm not sure what it is. I used to have this girlfriend in high school that, um, she used to get mad at me, and then not want to tell me why she was mad. <laughs> When I'd ask her, she'd say, well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. I'm yeah, like, okay. At some point, I was just like, all right, well, if you're not going to tell me, I don't care. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm asking you because I don't know. Yep. Not because I don't care. I'm asking because <laughs> I do care. Like, your logic is fucked up, and you're, like, expecting me <clears throat> to figure it out. Just fucking tell me. That's how Dana and I met. Did you know that? Because you were lying to her? No. She oh, had yeah. a boyfriend <laughs> who was kidding. my friend. And he would always play coy with her because he thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. And so he, she would ask him, what does this mean? Because he had these Native American names. And he would say, I'm not going to tell you. And he thought that was cute. You know, oh, if you want to know, go ask my friend Wes. And so he gave her my number and she called me and we talked forever. <laughs> and then when they broke up, she Whoops. started calling me. And it's because we got along. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't play games. <laughs> yeah. Which is obnoxious, right? The game playing. The game and playing it, like, is the worst. We were kind of moving into a different territory, but like with yeah. kids there. No, it's it like works. they're just trying to figure out the world. And if you yeah. play games, that's manipulation. You teach them to be manipulative. And yep. like as a parent, that's the last thing you want is your kid trying to be manipulative. Yep. That was like, one of I, the one of the reasons why we didn't tell our kids there was a Santa Claus or anything like that, or an Easter bunny. I was like, mm-hmm. why would I lie to these guys? Like right off the bat, I'm going to create yeah. this lie and I'm going to make stupid shit. I'm going to make it go for 13 years if I can. Mm-hmm. And then one day they're just going to find out and be like, oh, mom and dad, you lied to me for so long. You silly. You're gooses. silly. Oh, yeah. I think that's dumb. And if I want my yeah. kids to trust me, I thought, why would I, why would I enter into a lie, a long-term lie? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm also, not, wh- I don't think why, you're a bad why parent am I if you give do, credit but. To but why am I going to give credit to Santa Claus? Yeah, I earned that shit. Yep. I bought it. I packaged it up. Yep. I mean, that's true. That was, yeah. that was me. Yeah. 
Like they should know that I'm doing things for them. I'm here to provide for them. Even if it's like a silly gift or whatever, like I am their rock. They should know that I'm not going to give credit to some person that doesn't exist. Yeah. So does some magical white man that comes around and knows if you're naughty or nice and breaks into your house, eats your food (laughs) and it leaves shitty Chinese made gifts on the floor. What a dick. (laughs) I mean, I, I just, I never got it. And, and, and for you parents that are listening, you raise your kids the way you want to. That was just my philosophy on that, on, on Santa Claus and all the imaginary characters. Plus as a Christian, why would I profess that I believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy spirit, God, whom we cannot see and then lie to them about another imaginary thing. It's true. Like what, sure, what a hypocrite sure, I am. Picture uh, <laughs> statement suspect. You sure would, wouldn't it? You yeah. know? And so so like, I just, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. We always had Santa Claus growing up, but I don't remember ever thinking that I believed Santa Claus was real. Like as far back as I can remember, I always knew it was my parents. Oh, I did. Like always. I can't remember what age I stopped. Yeah, but I, I don't. I do remember, like, oh, cookies and milk, and I'd come downstairs. I'm like, oh my god, he was here. He ate it. Like, I remember yeah. being like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I benefited from having three older siblings that yeah. you know, like, like I don't know if they told me or like how it went down. <laughs> they probably did because they're assholes. I'm yeah. just kidding. Michael Dave's not listening. Michael doesn't listen. Summer's definitely is not listening. Okay, nobody's going to hear this. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew's my only sibling that regularly listens, and he, he was our one Idaho listener, and he admitted it. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matt. Moscow, um, Idaho. Oh, he's in Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Even better. Land of lakes and honey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have honey. They probably do. I'm sure they do. But they have a lake. They got bees. Um, but yeah, I don't remember ever thinking that Santa Claus was real. I always knew it was my parents. Uh, the dead giveaway was my my mom would put peanuts and those candy orange slices in her stocking oh, yeah. as like filler around all the other little things, <laughs> and then there would be a giant bowl of all the leftovers all mixed up. <laughs> like well, Santa Claus didn't do that shit. Smooth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and I don't think they even tried. I don't think they were trying to make it seem. No. I think it was just it was a fun thing yeah. for them, like to do this. Yeah. Like, this like side project surprise. So we'd have like our gifts we were giving to each other to be under the tree. But then it was like this fun kind of game that we played. And um, by the way, I, those orange slices, I think they're gross unless they're covered in peanut dust. They're covered oh, in peanut dust and salt. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, but, it's like a salty, savery, sweet yeah. snack. Oh, oh, you've been MK ultra. <laughs> I have been conditioned like, brain like, conditioned mind controlled yeah, by like <laughs> high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> An orange flavoring number forty five. If I was to boil down my my parenting <laughs> philosophy, if I was to, to the my whole point of parenting is it's a long game. You know, you you want short gains. You want good return with your kids. You want to see them grow up. You want to see them make good choices. You want to see them be moral people. You want to see them not be assholes. You want to see them. Um, make financially good choice. You want all those things for them, but you come to the realization that you can't do those things for them. You can only, you know, discuss with them. You can only like, you know, tell them like, this is kind of how the world works. Um, But they have to make those choices and those mistakes yourself. So 
I'm mm-hmm. constantly every interaction with my kids, even at there was times when they were teens where I was like, I give up. Like, I just want to give up. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I give up. I don't want, I don't even want them as my kids anymore. I just want them out of my house. I don't want to look at them anymore. And there was a lot of frustrating times where they just gave me so much anxiety and I had to keep reminding myself, it's not this moment. It's, it's the moment when their parents and, and how you raise them because you did your best, they're going to do their best with their kids. And those are all the things that you put into them are still just churning and digesting. It's not, it has not come to pass yet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and you're quite lucky that you get to have them anyways and that they want to spend time with you and um, those kind of things. And they had all these little realizations, mostly Nathan, he had all these realizations when he was younger that like, Oh, my dad actually really cares about me. And he would even say so. He was very sensitive as a little kid. And I appreciated that. I don't know what happened when he hit his teens. He kind of went crazy, but we all do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm really hoping like as they get into their twenties, because Nathan's 20 and Sophia's 22, as they get in their twenties that they're, you know, as the brain chemistry starts settling down into adulthood and the hormones start settling down and stuff that they would start to begin to realize that everything that we put into them, all the good stuff, um, is, is finally like starting to, to grow something. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's like an olive tree. I know olive trees take like what, seven years before they have any fruit. You know, you're just cultivating your children to have fruit, not right now and not even in 10 years, but down the road. And those kids in my class that I thought were really good kids, when I talked to their parents, their parents were like, this kid's hell at home. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't this is not the kid that's in your classroom. This kid is mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> like like oh, well I feel a little better now because I thought your child was the second coming. So I'm glad that that's yeah. not true. <laughs> so growing up, I was the opposite. I was hell at school and away from home. Like I was really good at playing parts, and this is essentially what my parents' parenting style taught me was that if I was on my best behavior. Uh, like I, I didn't get a lot of attention. I was basically neglected in a sense, like emotionally neglected. I never went without your middle, right? My parents. Yeah. Middle. My parents never really had time for me. My older brother was really high maintenance. And so I kind of learned to be like almost fiercely independent, but the person that I played at home was like the straight A student, aced all my tests did all my homework, perfect angel, um, very helpful around the house. But like when I was away from the house, I was getting arrested. I was like, I, I went to juvenile detention. Like it was all these different things. Like I, I got in a lot of trouble and I don't, I think my parents didn't really know how to handle me mm. for a different reason than they didn't know how to handle my brother. Sure. He was just out of control, defiant all along the way. I was like doing all the right things and all the wrong things. So they were like, they kind of, I think they just threw up their hands and they gave up and just let me kind of be my own person. And it's not until now that I'm starting to realize like the impact of that on me is I have a huge amount of anxiety. I'm always waiting for the next terrible thing to happen because that's the way I was raised. Um, So their hands off approach had a very deep impact on me growing up. Yeah. So I think if there's one little bit of advice and I think inadvertently I took this uh, on myself with raising Tate is to not be hands-off completely. Like, make sure yeah. that they know you're there and that you care. That doesn't mean, like, being a helicopter parent, but, like, definitely be a part of their world. Yeah. 
ask them about what they're doing. Make sure they know you care. Make sure that they know you're there to help them and support them and call them out when they're being shitheads. And yeah, um, my parents never really did that to me. Like I rode my bike to the sheriff's station to be taken to the detention center. Couldn't, my pa- parents couldn't be bothered to give me a ride to the sheriff's station. <laughs> but my brother was like handheld the entire way. Yeah. Part of it was like, they weren't sure he would make it. And with me, they were like, we know, I know they know they knew I would make it because I was the good kid. Sure. But I was, I was the good kid going to jail. Yeah. So like, what do you do with that? Yeah. So yeah, I, I was a that? different, I was a different kind of struggle for sure. You're the kid that got caught. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got actually, I, in my defense, I only ever got caught doing anything illegal because somebody ratted me out. Not because I actually, got Oh, I was a very bad good friends criminal. then. <laughs> Bad friends. Bad friends. Did you get told that you, um, did you, did, did your parents say I love you a lot? Um, you know, hindsight, I don't remember. I think, I know my dad didn't, when we were little, my dad would always kiss us goodnight. He was very affectionate. And the older we got, the less that happened. Um, and I remember, um, Part of the side effect of me getting in trouble is I had a probation officer and that probation officer got me in, in to a lot of like youth leadership programs. Mm-hmm. And we we're at this like training thing, overnight camp thing. And one of the things they did ahead of time is reach out to our parents, our families and ask them to write letters to me. And one of the most precious things that I have is a letter from my dad that told me that he loved me and he was proud of me Yeah, because he didn't share that. Yeah, And so like, it was like the, <clears throat> First time I can remember thinking or knowing that my dad was proud of me. Like I lost my shit when I read that. Yeah. It was like 16. It was right before yeah, he died too. Dude, so like that yeah. letter became even more valuable. Yeah, it's a touchstone uh, for your life for sure. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. And, and I think I, I tend to overshare uh, how much people mean to me, but I also would never not like, I know how fragile life is and I know how quickly people go. Yeah. And whether you're mad at somebody or not, you should always make sure like there's, I think people struggle with this separation. You can be upset with somebody and still love somebody. <clears throat> you can actually, that's, that's, and, that's parenting in a nutshell. Isn't it not like, yeah, I'm really mad right? at you, but so, I love you. Yeah. You need to know first. I love you. And also I am <laughs> what very you say? I really want to throw that fucker out the window, but <laughs> I love him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. So like, um, the other, uh, the one thing I did want to share though, related to this topic, there's, yeah. there's, like, I think we all have these moments where it's a good topic. Somebody like, yes, it is. Thank you. Kyron. Kyron from mere yes, mortals podcast. Yeah, this was this his is suggestion. One. This is a good one. And it's a big one. There's a lot to it. too. The, like, yeah. We could go on, you know, when they're little or they're big <laughs> or they're middle, like they're yeah. always assholes, but like when's yeah. the best and when's worst. anyway. Um, one of the things that, um, so we try to get Tate hooked up with this therapist, Miss D and she was amazing. This what was is when name? he was Misty? going Miss. D Miss D. Oh, I'm sorry. Like the letter D. Gotcha. Um, and, and she's this black lady that is like very no nonsense. She worked with a lot of like troubled youth. Mm-hmm. And this was when Tate was going through like, I'm a rapper and I'm black on the inside mm-hmm. phase, which is really funny. Yeah. But like, we didn't know how to handle it. I remember Helen that phase. And, I remember that Helen phase. Helen ended up finding this woman and Helen and I would have sessions with her without <laughs> Tate. And she said a couple of things that were really impactful. Um, first, that Helen is my partner and someday Tate will leave. Yeah. So she should be your number one and your kids are your number two. It doesn't mean you don't love them, but they will leave you someday. 
So don't sacrifice your relationship with your spouse for your children. Absolutely. Like that relationship needs to be very strong. Yep. And if that relationship is strong, that's good for your kids. Yeah. That's foundational. That's yes. If the foundation's that's brittle, right. the kids will run roughshod off you. They'll yeah, never I mean, feel like they know it. They're like, solid ground. It. That, yeah, they do. They yeah. Do. Don't think they don't know it. Like I know it with my parents, yep. you know, like you, you can't, it's kind of contrary to like what we're trained to believe, but your kids aren't first. They shouldn't be first. Nope, they should not. Because if you if you are in a bad place and you and your spouse are in a bad place or your partner, like you're not going to be able to be of service to your kids. Yep. Like you have to you have to have that strong foundation to your point to to be of service to your kids. I think so it that goes was back to, to the to, to the love your neighbor as yourself. You know. Yeah. Love your children as you love yourself or as you love your spouse. I mean, if this foundation isn't good, you can't love your kids unless mm-hmm. your foundation's good. You know, so work mm-hmm. on your marriage and the kids will work themselves out when they see a healthy marriage or relationship. Yeah. That example is important because it's yeah. not just the example of your relationship with your spouse, but relationships with yes. other human beings. Like yeah. how do you treat them as a friend, <clears throat> not just your spouse? Yep. Um, the other one that she called out, oh, and, that, and it was great that she said that, like it, that was because I had been putting Tate first for years, at the at the risk of my relationship with Helen, and Helen being the wonderful human being she was, she stuck around, saw the good in me, even warts and all, um, and we've worked into a good place. That was part of it. The other one that she pointed out was like, your job is not to be your kid's friend. Mm-hmm. Your job is to create a healthy, productive yes. human being. Yep. And if they hate you when it's over. You did what you were doing, what you're meant to do. Yep. Like they, and someday, if and you they will the only right hate thing, you temporarily. Yeah. At some point, they'll recognize the good you did in yep. their lives and how yep. much they, that you did care and that you cared enough to not try to be their friend, but to try to help them be a good human. Yep. Yeah. So it's I, important to remember, like yeah. they, you're not there to, like, it's not a beauty <clears throat> contest, it's not a popularity contest. Yep. Your kids may hate you. They may storm out. They may say terrible things. They will. Uh, some kids don't. Some kids do. But like, yep. ultimately, your goal is to create a, a happy, healthy human being. One of the things I don't agree with my, a lot my children do. I really don't. Uh, but they're their <laughs> own individuals. <clears throat> did, did your parents agree with you? Yeah, when they found out that Scott was actually... <laughs> Doing worse things than I was, and that, but I always got blamed for it, like clogging the hot tub. Yep, clogging the hot tub, uh, and other <laughs> and other things. But uh, I tell my kids, like, if they say something and they're like, "No, this is how I feel," I go, "Well, I disagree. I love you, but I disagree." And that's always mm-hmm. my answer if I disagree with them. I love you, but I disagree, or I love you, but I think you're wrong. And here's why. And we have discussions mm-hmm. and I'm never mad and I'm not, I'm just trying to challenge them to think about what it is that they actually are thinking. Cause I don't think they have the full scope of the, of whatever it is that they're thinking. I think they're feeling, I think they're thinking emotionally rather than rationally, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I do sometimes as well. Dana will attest to that, that I get very emotional sometimes and I'm doing something out of emotion. And then I'm like, yeah, I know you're right. I'm doing it out of emotion. Doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I just, it's always just trying to be loving. Like the, the baseline is I love you. And I tell my kids, I love them so much that they're annoyed how much I say, I love you. Like I go, I love you. And they're like, I know I love you too. And I'm like, okay. You know, it doesn't bother me, mm-hmm. you know, cause at least they know. And now they don't even get annoyed by it anymore. They just say it back or they say it before I say it. Cause it's, yeah. it's just a, um, 
an environment that we've created in our house. You know, we mm-hmm. love you. We love you regardless. I might disagree with a lot of people around me. I'll show them love. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean I agree with anything. It just means that I love them as mm-hmm. human beings. And uh, and then they can take it from there. And I might challenge them or I just might keep my mouth shut because I want to mind my own business about things. But, you know, it's it's just that kind of thing. And it's the same thing with my kids. And I allow them to make mistakes. I think that's important. You said that too. Uh, allow them to make mistakes. I There's a uh, – Chuck Swindoll was a preacher. And I was listening to him about – his grandson one time and he said he and his grandson went out into the woods and uh, that were in the back of his house and his grandson was always a, the kind of kid who didn't want to hold your hand. He always wanted to go run off and it was a mm-hmm. big problem with him. Nathan was the same way. And uh, so they like always kind of jerk their hand out of your hand and then they would go run because they didn't want to hold your hand and, and they needed to hold your hand cause it was safe. And he said, so one time in the back of our property, in the woods, my grandson yanked his hand out of my hand and ran off. So I thought, well, I can still see him. So I'll go hide behind this tree. So he hid behind this tree. And as the kid kept running off, he finally stopped and he looked around and he couldn't find his grandpa anymore. And he was looking and he was looking around and he even called out for his grandpa, but his grandpa was hiding behind a tree. He could, grandpa could see the kid. He knew the kid was safe, but the kid didn't know that. And then the kid started crying and freaking out because his grandpa wasn't there anymore, even though he's been told to hold his hand. Otherwise, you know, he'll get lost. The kid didn't know how to get back to the house. And then finally his grandpa appeared and the kid came running to his grandpa and held him and would not let go of his hand after Mm -hmm. that. And that was the natural consequence of not listening to his grandpa. He knew the kid wouldn't know where Mm -hmm. he was and get lost, but the kid was stubborn. So he allowed him to have his freedom and then find out the natural consequences. Sophia was always a rule follower. Nathan is very much like me, and he has to test everything. And Nathan got in a lot of trouble, especially in, in elementary school and in middle school. And I would always tell him, I was like, I'm going to give you as much rope to hang yourself or be successful. It's up to you. You get to decide. And I remember he uh, failed eighth grade science because he did not like his teacher. Now, we send our kids to private school because I don't believe in government schools. So I know they exist. I believe that they exist. I just don't believe that you should send your kids to them. That's a good designation. Yeah, because why would you send your kid to a school run by the government? And uh, and the government's crazy. And he didn't like the teacher, so he thought this is actually what he said. His mind was, well, I'll show her. I won't do any of my work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who are you hurting? Yeah. And so he thought, because she kept saying, well, her fault was, she just kept saying, I really want you to succeed. I really want you to do well. I really want you to, you know, she was trying to, you know, bolster his self-esteem. Well, his self-esteem wasn't the problem. Nathan knew himself. He liked himself. The problem was, is that he was a little bastard who wanted to test everything. (laughs) And so he failed science class. And when he told me that, I looked at him, I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Say it again out loud so you can hear yourself say it. And he just, all of a sudden, he realized what he just did. And I said, do you know you have to take that class again? So now you have to spend another semester with her, with a teacher Mm -hmm. you don't like. And I said, on top of that, we pay for your education, which means you willfully chose to blow our money, knowing that your parents are paying for this. This ain't free. 
Mm-hmm. I said, so now you owe me, it was like $400. It was a quarter. I think he failed a quarter. And mm-hmm. so I said, you owe me $400. And he had that saved up. Yeah, from all of his allowances and chores. So he had to pay me $400 and spend another quarter with this teacher. And he learned real quick, oh, well, that was really dumb. Because the teacher was fine with it. She was like, okay, I guess you yeah, fail. Like, all right. But that's the kind of kid he was, and that's what I allowed him to do. I didn't get mad at him. I just said, mm-hmm. that was stupid. I didn't call him stupid. I just said, that was dumb. Like, that was a yeah. really stupid thing to do. And then he didn't do it after after that. He got He got clever. He got smarter than that and he started finding his other ways to do that stuff but i think allowing your kids to have natural consequences in a safe environment is exactly what you should do you should not protect them from bad things you should not you should not you know you should warn them that there's consequences but you should not protect them from it and i'm not a Mm -hmm. helicopter parent or anything like that and i would sit in meetings with the principal with nate that never was sophia one time was <laughs> and Sophia confessed she was so upset that she did the thing that she did it was in elementary school she scratched something into a bathroom girl's bathroom wall and someone tattled on her <laughs> get your punks yeah but she confessed right away but with Nathan he'd be stubborn about it and we'd sit in principal's offices <laughs> I was just looking at him I go well like you know this is you did this right and he'd be like yeah I'm like okay and I'd look at the principal and go what do you think is the right consequence for this and they would say, and I said, okay, well, there you go. That's, that's the appropriate consequence. Do you accept this? And he's like, yeah. And he just had to realize <laughs> that he's just not going to get away with it. And I mm-hmm. just, I didn't protect him. I didn't helicopter it. I just said, well, dude. And then when he turned 18, I said, you go to big boy prison now. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. You know, 40-year-old yeah. men, giant dicks in a prison yep. cell with you. like, And, and they <laughs> like sweet meat. So you yeah, like better be a good boy. <laughs> real consequences. And now that you're an adult, I can't do anything about yep. it. Yep. And I told him that too. I said, if you go to jail, I will ask you, did you do this? If you say yes, you stay. If you say no, I didn't. This is wrong. I will fight for you. I will mm-hmm. fight for you. But if you did this, you did the crime. You got to do the time. I'm not going to babysit you. I'm not going to protect you. You have to learn. Yeah. 100%. And so they know that both of them know, but I don't think Sophia will get into that. Both of them know that they pay the consequences. I don't pay the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll help them through things. I won't pay for things, but I'll, I'll guide them, but I won't, I won't take it for them. So I think that's, yeah, a, I think those are important distinctions and that they learn, you know, and I think that fear that, you know, if I mess up, shit's going to go bad, I think is important. Yeah. And like, you see the kids that always feel like their parents are going to bail them out all the time. And uh, like, I want the kid to know that I'm like, there's a difference between being supportive mm-hmm. and like solving their problems for them. Yeah. Like, kids have to figure it out for themselves at times. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be hands off and it's really hard because you love them. And the oh, last I thing love you want kids. is for them to, to struggle. Oh. But like, the reality is they need to struggle. They need to figure it out. I love my kids so much. And, yeah, the, and, right. and I think my parents love me a lot. And I don't think until I was an adult, I, f- I figured out and actually and it wasn't until I had my own kids that I realized like, Oh, my parents love me on a level that I didn't even understand. You yeah, know, for pa- sure. Parents love their kids. Well, mm-hmm. at least I do. And I, I just, yeah. it, they break my heart. And that's why my heart breaks sometimes so easily with them is just cause you love them so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, I was just agreeing with you. That's all. Yeah. Well, we. I know you and I can go on and on about this topic because this is something that 
We love discussing forever. <laughs> uh, but before we end the show tonight, because uh, we're hitting that time, um, I wanted to play another song, another value for value song from Ellen Beats. And uh, this is a little something I like incorporating because these are uh, artists that are trying to find their way. And I want to give them mm-hmm. some promotion. And this is a great way to do it. So um, this band is called Iro. I don't know if they like being called Iro or if they just want to be I-R-O-H. So I'm going to call them Iro for now. Uh, this song is called Crash and Burn. You can follow them on lnbeats.com or wavelake.com. Uh, this is value for value. So these are artists that have put their music out there in an RSS feed. And what that means is, is that they don't have um, a big signing contract. They don't have uh, like Sony Music or Columbia Records owning them. Uh, they're independent. Um, but they also deserve, if you like their song, they deserve your your value. And so by doing mm-hmm. this, if you are using any kind of podcasting 2.0 app that supports like, like fountain, you get automatically, as you listen to podcasts, all your podcasts, if you listen to fountain, they have a wallet for you. It's easy onboarding. You just start getting sats. Um, you don't have to put money into it at all. You just earn it by listening to your favorite podcast every day. And, uh, you can boost these guys, uh, starting right now. This is crash and burn by Iro.
That was good. That's, that's sweet. That was oh, sweet. I love it. So that was Iro. You can find them at Iro Music, I R O H music.com. Uh, their debut album is out right now. The, that uh, album's called They Ride. Um, they're fantastic. You can find them on Ellen Beats. Uh, they're also on uh, Wave Lake as well and other um, music apps that I won't talk about because who cares? Don't don't give them any attention. Give these new guys nope. attention. Ellen Beats, yeah, Wave Lake. Don't go for these corporate things. Don't be a don't be a follower. Don't be a follower. <laughs> be a cor- Except corporate drone. Yeah, follow these be guys. Be a follower of this band. And they're on but Instagram the as Iro Band. I R O H Band. So give them a follow on Instagram. These guys are awesome. That was a great song. Great. It was a great song. So if uh, while you're listening to that song, you can you can rewind back and uh, hit the 30-second button a couple times. And while you're listening, you can boost them on any podcasting 2.0 app. You can get those at newpodcastapps.com or podcastindex.org. Nice. So there's lots fired of... fired up. Yeah. Well, you know, it got me fired up, dude. I wanted to break some stuff and drink some more and break some more stuff <laughs> and drink some more... That's what that music makes me feel like. Are you channeling your inner Limp Biscuit? <laughs> yeah. Give break me stuff. something to break. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, John, it's that time again. Oh, I know what that tune is. <laughs> That's the played off tune. Here we go. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Again, Boost, Iro Band. And uh, that song was called Crash and Burn. If you just want to know, it's Crash plus Burn, actually, if you want to be specific. Uh, the Balderdash word of the night was uh, something I forgot. Oh, it's Drunk Ship. Drunk Ship. Drunk Ship. Uh, it means of cobblers or cobblers collectively. Now, interesting enough, you think cobblers, you think of what? Shoes. But you're wrong. In a medieval term, when this word was used, Drunk Ship... Cobblers meant rubbish or nonsense, oh. or a load of old cobblers. Also, so would you be, would you be like ah oh, cobblers, or you would say that's a bunch of drunk ship. Oh, huh. I want to revive that one. I like that. Well, the second you'll like this. The second noun for this word means testicles. So, <laughs> <laughs> I got a big drunk pair ship. of drunk ships. <laughs> The drunk ship on that guy. Could you create a uh, <laughs> set of truck nuts called drunk ships? Drunk ships. Yeah. yeah. We're going to drop ship your drunk ships earlier to, yeah, but, today. But the guys that, that buy those would be like, what kind of hippie bullshit name is this? <laughs> That's right. Folks, we're also a value for value show, which means send us your money. Uh, we needed to uh, make sure that we keep our domain name and our hosting Ooh. company, Blueberry. We like Blueberry. They're all kinds of podcasting 2.0 fun. Uh, so you can send us that and your Satoshis if you're using a modern podcast app like Fountain.fm or Podverse. I like Podverse. And uh, otherwise, PayPal at Balderdashers. Just send us some money that way. It's pretty yeah. fun. And, and, and speaking of, we kind of floated the idea of like, send us Satoshis, we'll send you a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. Do you like you prefer koozies? Me too. Socks. Actually, Chiron said koozies would be the way to go, by the way. I think koozies are good. Or coasters. Like, you know, we get your brother to make some of those cool coasters. I have one on my desk. Oh, yeah. The cork one? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, that's cool. So, I don't know. I just, I'd like to hear what people think. Uh, Think. Think. 
thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it under advisement and then probably do something completely different. You can leave comments at uh, any of the podcasting 2.0 apps underneath our episode. And this is episode 93. I have no name for it. Maybe it's like uh, beat your kids sometimes. Parents might understand. I don't know. And Who uh, doesn't want to beat their kids? <laughs> oh, at some point in time, you want to beat your kids. <laughs> if you think I'll never beat my kids, you're lying. There will be a time where you're like, this makes sense. Good night, everybody. Oh, good night. <laughs> Fuck our kids. <laughs> That was good. Good night. (laughs) Good night.